Grace and peace be yours in abundance. This is Season 7 of Guerrilla Christianity. My name is Pastor Brett Walker, and I'd like to thank you for listening to Guerrilla Christianity, an unconventional no-apologies exposition of God's grace from an evangelical Methodist point of view. Now, the Word of God is central to all we believe, so let's get into God's Word right now. Please remain standing for the reading of God's Holy Word from the Gospel according to St. John. This is chapter 3 and beginning at verse 1. Let us hear the word of the Lord for us today. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you of earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. May God pour out his rich blessing upon this, the reading of his holy word. You may be seated. And I would ask you to keep your Bibles out and turn to page 580 in the Old Testament. 580, that's where we find our psalm for today, which is Psalm 121. We read this responsively. And uh, remember, during the season of Lent, we're going to be looking at the psalms. Uh, Psalm 121 is our psalm today. We're continuing in our series called Selah, Life in a Minor Key. We have looked at the word Selah. We know that the word Selah has no direct translation But most biblical scholars believe that it's a word that means it's a musical instruction to take time to pause, to rest, to reflect on what we just read. And so during Lent, we are expected to give more time to God, to pause, reflect 
upon what God has done for us. Reflect upon what our life is in God's presence. The psalm today suggests that God is our keeper always, and that no matter what comes our way, God is with us. But how often do we keep our eyes on God? I know we read this responsively. Let's hear the word of the Lord again for us. This is Psalm 121, a song of degrees. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. May God pour out his rich blessing upon this, the reading of his holy word. Let us pray. Eternal God, your spirit moves through us like an ever-flowing stream. Your word, like the wind, blows where it will, blessing a weary world with newness of life. Reside in our hearts this day that we may be born from above and reside in your grace. Revive our spirits that we might be blessed to be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When I was younger, we always, uh, whenever we took our summer trips, we always went by car, or I should say by van. My dad had a, a 1977 baby blue Dodge Sportsman van. We had, my mom made curtains for the windows. We traveled everywhere in this van. It was really a, a wonderful thing. We liked to go camping. And we like to go by car. I, I only remember ever, uh, before my senior class trip, uh, I only remember ever going on a plane uh, twice. And the first time was uh, when I was about four years old. And the only reason I was on a plane was we had driven down to Florida. We were with my uh, my grandparents had gone down, and also my aunts and uncles and my cousins. My mom had a fight with her sister, and she didn't want to ride back with her, so we flew home to Philadelphia. That was the first time I ever went on a plane. But everywhere we went, we always drove. We drove up to Canada. We drove up to Maine. Uh, we drove uh, to upstate New York, Finger Lakes region. We drove to see my Aunt Edith in Massachusetts. Uh, we, we drove to uh, Florida, as I said before. We drove out to uh, western Pennsylvania. We drove everywhere. Everywhere we, we went, we drove. And so when I became an adult, I enjoy road trips. I've flown a lot more since I was a kid. I used to fly a lot for business trips. But I enjoy being on the road. When you're flying at 35,000 feet, there's nothing to see. Uh, at best, you might see some little postage stamp-sized farms below you, or you might uh, just see clouds. That's exciting, you know. But when you're driving, you get to see everything. And you get to make decisions along the way. 
you know? Last January, we went on a trip to Disney. We went and Erin planned everything out and she had little stops for us all along the way. And I love that. I love that you can just pull off the side of the road and see something that you might never see in your life. One of the things we stopped at was we, we saw the, the, the smallest church in America. Had to see that, right? This was nothing more. I was very, it was a little more than just a shack with some stained glass windows, eight chairs, and a pulpit. I got a picture of myself standing in the pulpit, right? Not that I'm looking for another job, but, <laughs> but uh, they... It was interesting to me. We stopped in Savannah, Georgia. We saw uh, the Welcome Center for Georgia, where they have a life-size replica of Tom Hanks sitting on a park bench as Forrest Gump, because part of Forrest Gump was uh, filmed in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, Aaron, we got a picture of Aaron and Isaac sitting next to him. Uh, Isaac was trying to steal his candy, Right? And, uh, you know, those are the fun things that you get to do on a trip. But the thing is, those aren't the main parts of the trip. Where were we actually going? What were we actually doing? We were on a pilgrimage to Mecca, otherwise known as Disney World, <laughs> the happiest place on earth, right? And no matter what we were doing along the way, our focus was on the destination. The destination was Disney World. You know, all along the way, we would listen to a Disney music. Aaron had put together a nice playlist of Disney music to get us in the mood, right? I'm telling you that story because that's what this psalm is. This psalm, it's not a Disney song, I'm sorry. It's not... It's not for going to Disney World, but it is for making a pilgrimage. Under where it says Psalm 121, it says a song of degrees. Other translations call it a song of ascents. Ascent, as in to ascend to something. And what are they ascending to? They're ascending to Jerusalem. Now, if I tell you I'm going to Trenton, I'll say I'm going up to Trenton, right? Or if I'm, if I'm going to Washington, D.C., I might tell you I'm going down to Washington, D.C., right? But the people in, in the time of the Bible, their up and down wasn't north and south like us. For them, up and down meant literally up and down, up a hill, down a valley, okay? So Jerusalem being situated on the top of a mountain, Mount Moriah, uh, actually, the temple sits right where um, it's said that Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac on the top of Mount Moriah. And so, Jerusalem is built on this mountain. And so, when people spoke of going to Jerusalem, they said they were going up to Jerusalem. Whether they were traveling south or north or east or west, it was up because it was up a mountain. And so... Sometimes the journey's hard. They couldn't pile into the 1977 Dodge Sportsman van and drive there. They had to walk. They had to walk. And guess what? Their shoes weren't like our shoes. 
Most of them were just a, a piece of leather tied to their foot to keep their, the rocks from cutting their feet. And so the road was treacherous. You had to constantly watch where you were going so that you would not slip, twist your ankle, get hurt. But these people walked everywhere. They were used to it. But they needed something on the trip. You see, three times a year, three times a year, men, Jewish men would go to Jerusalem to celebrate the three major feasts. Okay? And so they made this pilgrimage, this walk, three times a year. They had to have something that would help them keep their focus on where they were going. Sometimes they felt like the road was treacherous. Sometimes there would be bandits along the way. You know if you're going to Jerusalem, you're going to be carrying uh, an offering for the temple. You don't want to get robbed along the way. Tourists, even in those days, were particular targets for robbers, muggers, whatever, bandits along the way. What was the one thing that could keep them safe? God. They kept their focus on God. Verse 1 says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The first thing we see in this song is that our help comes from God. And no matter how big the obstacles may be in our path, no matter what the dangers may be, we always have to remember this. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. That speaks to the power of God. God stood in ages past when there was nothing. He spoke and the worlds were formed. He could do anything. And to protect the pilgrim on the way to Jerusalem was nothing. As long as they kept their focus on the destination, where they were going. Things could happen to them along the way, but they kept their focus on God. I lift up my eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Our help comes from God. Psalm 123 says, To you, meaning to God, to you I lift up my eyes. O you who are enthroned in the heavens, behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy on us. We focus our attention on God. God is the one from whom we get our help. And when we have times of trouble, when life throws us curveballs, and when we start to feel like the whole world is crumbling around us, we can set our eyes, fix our eyes on God. Fix our eyes on God and know that our help comes from God. Verses 3 and 4 tells us, that not only does our help come from God, but that God is reliable and God is constant. God is reliable and God is constant. Verse 3, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. 
He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. Remember, I told you that their shoes, they weren't like hiking boots, you know. They had no kind of traction. It's just a piece of leather tied to your foot. And so, oftentimes you would slip. We're told that you're, you're going to Jerusalem. You're going to worship God. He will not let your foot be moved. He will not let your foot be moved. And then it says, He that keepeth thee will not slumber. He is constant. He is reliable. He doesn't sleep. It reminds me of the story of Elijah when Elijah had the 450 prophets of Baal, right? And they were, they were praying, Oh, Baal, answer us. Oh, Baal, answer us. And Baal, of course, didn't answer because there is no Baal, right? Elijah mocked them. He used sarcasm. Oh, 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 why don't you pray louder to your God? Maybe he doesn't hear you. Or, or maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's on a journey. He is a God after all. Our God doesn't sleep. Our God doesn't slumber. Our God never leaves our side. Our God is constant. He is always with us. Jesus told a story in uh, John chapter 10 about the good shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. He said, a hired hand doesn't care about the sheep because they're not his sheep, you see. It's his job, but he, he's, not, he's not invested in it. The wolf comes out and he says, I'm out. I'm done. He takes off. He might fall asleep because he doesn't care about the sheep. The shepherd, the sheep are his, and he cares. He loves his sheep, and he will stay awake. He will watch those sheep. He will protect those sheep with his very life. He will lay down his own life for those sheep. And that's what the psalmist is telling us about our God. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. He keeps constant watch over us. Isaiah chapter 27 and verse 3 says, I, the Lord, am its keeper, the keeper of Israel. Every moment I water it, lest anyone punish it. I keep it night and day. I keep it night and day. That's our God. God is constant. He's always watching. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's always watching. Now verse 5 and 6 says, The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. In a desert climate, the sun is a very serious thing. And you want to stay out of the sun. You want to find some shade. And what the psalmist is telling us here is, that God is our protector. God is our shade. God keeps the sun from beating down upon us. God is our protector. He uses an illustration, especially in uh, Psalm 91. 
He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. It's a beautiful picture. Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. And that's an even more beautiful picture. Have you ever seen a hen who has little chicks? That hen will protect those chicks with her very life. Now they might be out in the yard scratching for some food and then they see the shadow on the ground. She sees the shadow, she looks up and there's a chicken hawk. And that chicken hawk is, is eyeing her little babies, right? What does she do? She starts clucking. She clucks and the chicks all come to her and she covers them with her wings. She covers them with her wings. And then that hawk will come and they'll swoop down and that chicken will stand its ground. The hen will just give it the eye. You know, like, come on. You know, that's what God wants to do for us. We rest in the shadow of his wings. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. God is our protector. And then finally this, verses 7 and 8. God is our, our life giver. God, the giver of life, protects our life, preserves our life. The Lord, we read in verse 7, the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. God is our life giver. He's invested in us. We are his. He is our shepherd. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep. He protects us. In, he, he gives us shade in the day. He, he, he puts his wings over us like a mother hen and keeps us safe. Now this is a song that's meant to give encouragement to people who are on a long journey and going to Jerusalem so that they don't lose heart when they start to become tired, when their legs start to ache, when they start to gasp for breath as they're going uphill. They're singing this song to themselves and to each other to help each other to have the strength to go and be in the presence of God. How are we encouraging one another to be in the presence of God? How are we reminding each other that God is our protector, that God is watching over us, that God is strengthening us? How are we drawing each other into the presence of God so that we can worship God together and praise His holy name? That's what they were doing. They were coming together to Jerusalem to worship God three times a year. And they would sing songs like this and they would encourage one another. There would be a line of pilgrims all going into Jerusalem and they'd be singing these songs like a cadence, singing and entering into Jerusalem with song, with praise, with worship. It sets our heart upon God. It 
fixes our eyes upon God. Every Sunday morning in the car, I want to listen to worship music because I want to get my heart in the right uh, frame of mind where I, can, where I can focus on God and praise Him when I get here. Now, the season of Lent is a, is a season where it's 40 days. And sometimes, you know, we, we come together on Ash Wednesday. We have a very somber and solemn uh, service. We receive the ashes, which are a, a, uh, a symbol of our sin and our grief over our sin. And then throughout the season of Lent, we, we, we give up something. We deny ourselves something that means something to us. We give it up for 40 days to remind us of how Jesus fasted for 40 days in the desert. To remind us of the 40 days and 40 nights that rain fell on the earth to wipe out wickedness. To remind us of the 40 days that Elijah fasted in the desert while he was fleeing from Jezebel. To remind us of the 40 days and 40 nights that, no, that Moses spent on Mount Sinai to receive the, the word of God, to receive the law. And to remind us of the 40 days that Jesus spent with his disciples after his resurrection. We're all on a journey. Sometimes our journey takes us places we don't want to go. We have off-ramps and on-ramps in life. Sometimes we decide to take a little detour. Sometimes life detours us and we have to find our way back. But when our journey leads us to God, we have something that we can focus on that will keep us going. Even when the road is filled with potholes, even when the journey seems too long and too hard, we lift up our eyes and we focus on the destination. We live in this life for a few decades, maybe even a century or so, but this is not our destination. Our destination is eternity with God. What do we read in John chapter 3 today? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's our destination. The admission costs us nothing. It is paid for by the blood of God's own Son, Jesus Christ. In this Lenten season, keep your eyes focused on God. And when life gets difficult, lift up your eyes and see God, your protector, your keeper. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the protection that you offer to us. We thank you that you cover us and keep us in your shadow. You are our keeper. You are our strength. And when life gets hard, Lord, we can look to you and know that you are still there. You do not slumber. You do not sleep. You are constant. You are always watching over us. Life gets hard sometimes, Lord, and, and we lose our focus. Let us always remember to keep our eyes fixed upon you. You are our God. You are our Lord. We praise your holy name. And in this season of Lent, Lord, help us to 
maintain our focus on you. Help us to maintain our focus on the cross to which we are journeying. And help us maintain our focus on the empty tomb, which is our hope, the resurrection. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your protection and your strength. All this we pray in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this edition of Guerrilla Christianity. My prayer for you is that you have been blessed in its teaching as I have been blessed putting this message together. God has also blessed me in appointing me to serve two churches in Salem County, New Jersey, Ebenezer United Methodist Church in Auburn, and Hudson United Methodist Church in Pettertown. And if you live in the area and you don't have a church to call your own, I'd like to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings. Ebenezer meets for worship at 9 a.m., and Hudson meets for worship at 10.30. We also have Bible study during the week. Now, if you enjoy this podcast and would like to help support it, please share it with your friends and family, hit like, leave a comment, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search for Guerrilla Christianity. Keep learning, keep growing, and I pray you will join us for Guerrilla Christianity again. Until next time, remember this, Christ died for you, now go live for Christ.